Welcome to another episode of Never a Dull Movie. I'm Father Chip Hines. And I'm Brian Swift. And uh, today we're going to do something a little bit different, uh, as uh, Monty Python used to say, and now for something completely different. We, uh, we're going to talk about some streaming um, episodes, TV shows, things that we watch like that, uh, that aren't necessarily movies, but, but are good quality work that, yeah. we, that we enjoy. And uh, we don't know what each other's going to say. And sometimes we, we do agree and sometimes we don't. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes. Um, anyway, uh, but before we do that, why don't, we, uh, why don't we get to the news, Brian? <laughs> oh, oh, I just, oh, if, if I had. He I, told me to do that. Oh, and, and, and when you started doing that, you did it really good. And it kind of brought me back to like, I wanted to do like an old like 40s newsman. Like, yeah. Here's the news. Here's Brian with the news. What is it? Like bulletin from Hollywood. That's right. Or, Dateline Hollywood. Yeah, Dateline. Oh, that was the word I was searching yeah. for. Anyways, so uh, one of the things we talk about in this segment a lot is advancements or Advance, quote, quote unquote, unquote. <laughs> advancements in the streaming situation. Well, right. I just read some news that uh, Redbox are you familiar with Redbox? I am familiar with Redbox. Yeah, I've never used it, but no. I'm familiar with it. I think everybody is. It's it's that big red box it's outside your grocery store. store. Yeah. And uh cheap movie rental. So right. it's a good service. So they are launching a streaming app. Of and course their streaming they are. app is going to be ad supported free live TV. Interesting. So uh and that's as far as I got. It actually is available to download today. You can wow. start watching if you were gonna Go home and yeah. download the app, um, which, I, I, which I also assume you can probably rent movies. Get on your phone, yeah. Oh well, actually, it's all free, so there will be movies. But oh, it's going to be like the old days when you'd watch a movie and there'd be ads. Oh, I don't like that. Well, I mean, you don't like that. I think, like for me, if they have local channels, like on my because t- I because I cut the cord, yeah. So I have Hulu. I have I, but I don't have Hulu for live TV. I do. I got the digital antenna. Oh, okay, sure. So, you know, you can watch local news if you yeah, want to. Yeah. You can watch sports. Right. Um, but just this past, I'm not interested in watching The Bachelor, but my wife is susceptible to, she's in the demographic of people who would watch The Bachelor. And I'm sorry to hear that. She's, my wife, I will say this, my wife has largely great taste. Mm. We are usually finding shows to watch together. Okay. And we can usually agree on good or bad. But she likes her, and she will readily admit she likes her helping of trash TV. She does, works. It, does, it have a, does she have a reason why she likes it? Well, a lot of times she uses it as background. Background noise. I see. Like So she she's a photographer. Right. So she works from home. Mm-hmm. And when she's editing or whether she's any doing business stuff, she might take her laptop mm-hmm. and sit on the couch, and she'll pop on The Bachelor. And if she's going to work for three hours... The Bachelor's on for three hours. Is it really? Sometimes. I don't know. I don't watch The Bachelor. Gosh. And, and I can't, and unfortunately, no, fortunately, I can't be in the room when it's on because I can't hold my tongue at the rid- oh, gosh, ridiculous. No. But anyways, it's so this past, this past Monday, uh, she went to go watch The Bachelor. Uh-huh. And for whatever reason, our channel five on the antenna was knocked out. Uh-oh. Like we like it did, wasn't even registering, so she couldn't watch it. Oh my gosh! So, anyways, the for the well, so for the sake of, and I actually called her before we started, mm-hmm. before you were here. She's actually working right now, so she couldn't talk. But 
It's like, hey, you should check out this red box because it's she's watching ads on TV anyways. For sure. It's, so it's like, but it, are they definitely going to have it? Is, is I don't know. Are they going to have ABC, CBS, and NBC? One would hope, but then right. again, they all have, uh, as we know, all of the ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, you know, broadcast right. TV. They're starting to get their own app. So why would oh, they yeah. let Redbox? But I think the service it provides is it's free. And there are people who, I mean, I'm spending a lot on apps. Yeah, I know. And it's going to get more. And there's going to be people it's who. frustrating. And there's going to be people. And then cable, but cable packages are expensive. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. Anything I, anything for, for some of us, anything that helps us save some money, the average person, mm-hmm. yeah, I am all for. I, I don't disagree with your point. Um, I think that for me. I, you know, I already have Hulu with, t- with live TV. And so, you know, I'm not going to. Well, let me ask you this. And I have it ad free. So. Okay. So you, so you have it ad free and I know you like it ad free. I love ad free. I have, uh, I, <laughs> I don't want to get us in trouble. My family, that is, but my family, we share accounts. Okay. When you sign up for one of these services, you get a certain yeah, number yeah. of devices. So it's kind of like, there's my household, my brother's household, my parents' household. Sure. And like, you know, I have Disney Plus and you have access to right. my Disney Plus. My brother has Hulu. Right. We have access to his Hulu. My parents have HBO. We have access to their HBO. Right. And vice versa. You know, so everybody gets, everybody gets. Well, that makes bit. sense. That's yeah. a good way of doing it. It's a good way of doing it. Right. Um, you can spread the wealth, so to well, speak. Well, yeah. But I'm sure that they're trying to work on some way of making sure that you can't share. Anyways, yeah, this, I mean, is, this is off topic. but it, A little bit, but it is on topic. I mean, because it's, it's a matter of like, what do people, how do people manage to, to, to get their content that they want to see? And I think that's a good thing. I mean, I think we need to talk about that because it, it is getting ridiculous. It, and, you know, now NBC is going to have their own f- streaming service. You know, Fox has Hulu. They're on Hulu. I mean, it's just when is it going to well, end? Well, Fox has Disney Plus. Right. Because Fox right. is now owned exactly. by Disney Plus. And Did you see – now, this is off topic. I'm sorry to interrupt. Did you see that um, Disney dropped the word Fox from their logos? No, I didn't see that. So it's Fox – if you if a movie comes up that is a Fox property, yeah, it's no, you're no longer going to see that – I don't know what you'd even call it. The monolith uh-huh. that says Fox. 20th Century yeah. Fox yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Pictures. It just says 20th Century Pictures. They changed it. So now all the Fox stuff is 20th Century or Fox Searchlight, which does Fox's indie movies, right, which there's right. a lot of really good Fox yeah, Searchlight. A lot of That's movies. just the monolith and it says Searchlight Pictures. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder why they did that. Uh, is it I, to get away from Fox yeah. News? I think it might be to get away from Fox News, and they also own it now. So, mm-hmm. do they own Fox News? No, Disney bought everything from Fox except for the news and the sports because that uh. is a that's an antitrust violation because oh, Disney okay. already owns ABC, ABC, and Disney already owns ESPN. Gotcha. So Fox News and Fox Sports would be, be uh, an antitrust yeah. violation. Okay, that makes um, sense. Now I know why they didn't do that. Okay, right. And also, I, I wonder if Fox wasn't interested. That might be the most profitable thing they have. So they might not have been interested in selling. That's true. I mean, Fox News is the highest rated cable network in the country. Um, I know people don't like hearing that, but it is. I mean. Oh, well, facts are facts. Right. Facts are facts. Hannity and uh, uh, what's his name? Tucker Carlson. I lo- who I like. I like Tucker Carlson. I'll watch Tucker Carlson um, because I think he takes 
a very balanced view of things in comparison to say Hannity, who's like, you know, almost a cartoon he's figure. A, he's, a, he's a rabid animal. <laughs> he's a, almost a cartoon figure, yeah. really. Uh, you know, Trump, 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 you know. No then, objectivity. Right. And then uh, I kind of like Laura Ingraham. Uh, she's Catholic and she kind of puts her Catholic faith out there and she has Raymond Arroyo on who's a Catholic and there's not that many there's not many that Catholics in the news yeah. business that that kind of profess their faith so I, I do like her but it's on 10 o'clock and sometimes I'm in snoozy time right as they say um, so yeah but that it, this kind of stuff is very interesting to me because I do have more than one streaming thing yeah. and one of the and speaking of that one of the and this might be a good segue one sure of the shows will. that I, one of the shows that I watch is on uh, a streaming service that um, I'm hearing rumors about that may be bought out by something else or be changed. There's a lot of rumors floating around yeah. about acquisition, and this but, is CBS. Okay, and CBS you're, so All you, Access, and this is currently, this is currently airing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I watch. I guess we're just and we're segue. In, and we're at the end of Feb. This is we're talking when we say currently watch. This is the end of February. Right. End of February 2020. 2020. I'm watching Star Trek Picard. Okay. It's yeah. on CBS All Access. Yeah. And I was a big Star Trek The Next Generation fan. I still am. I love that show. Um, and I love Picard. So when I heard that they were going to have a Picard show, I kept my subscription to CBS All Access. Mm. Um, I wasn't a fan of Star Trek Discovery. I mm. didn't really like it. So I stopped watching it. And I was going to cancel my CBS and then, and then all of a sudden, because for a long time that was the only thing they had going for them, right? Right. That was, that the, was only the only thing that CBS All Access had. Right. And they have other shows, but it's the stuff you can watch on. No, no, they have other original programming. Okay. And now, and there's a show called Interrogation, which I kind of started watching. It's very interesting. Um, it's it's uh, fictionalized, uh, real stories, mm -hmm. but told from different time periods and different um, points of view because. A lot of times, um, like a big murder case or something like that will take a long time. And maybe they don't have the right guy at first and they get the right guy. And so anyway. They, it's they, like law and order. It's never the first guy they arrest. <laughs> typically You can no. count on right. every exactly. episode. Exactly. Typically If not. they arrest somebody first, that's not the <laughs> first guy. Not hey, the don't worry, buddy. You're going free. Don't worry. <laughs> we know you didn't do it. I never have to worry. Exactly. Um, it's just an interesting show. And it's told, it's told over the, the – uh, right now the current – version of it because I think they're going to do... This is Picard. No, the, oh, this, this is, is interrogation. interrogation. Uh, the current version of it has a show that goes from like the 70s and, and early 80s into the 90s and, and it's just an interesting show. Well, let it's, me, let me it's ask... It's a murder mystery. Let me ask you about Picard from yeah, somebody who's not yeah. a Trekkie uh, and, I, and I don't watch it. What about this show is separate from your average... Um, season or iteration of Star Trek have they have they done something unique? Is it is it more a character study? Is it in a or is it just kind of like oh we're just doing more Star Trek episodes featuring uh, Patrick Stewart? Well, it's it's interesting. They're they've kind of turned the Star Trek: The Next Generation world upside down on its head in a, in a way. Um, they've made it much darker. Um, it's uh, not so. Um, not so much on solid footing as to whether the Federation are the necessarily the and Starfleet are the necessarily the good guys. Um, they may be like more morally ambiguous than it used to be. And Picard's retired, 
So he, um, but something happens that brings him to this point where he's going to take this one last adventure, quote unquote. Um, and, you know, Patrick Stewart's 78, mm -hmm. 79 years old. I mean, he can't do Picard forever. Um, so they're signed up for two seasons. It has this feeling that it's going to go two seasons because this first season, which I, I like the individual episodes, but it's going really slow, mm -hmm. like sort of bringing out the other characters around Picard a little bit and 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 kind of delving into what happened to Picard um, between like the last movie and now. And so they're they're trying to, f you know, fill in those blanks and it's taking some time. So it's less of a I mean, my impression of Star Trek, again, having never really watched it, having never watched it, never forget really, I've never watched it, is that it's kind of a adventure of the week. Uh, it it you used know. to be an adventure of the week with some sort of, uh, sometimes with, uh, you know, two-part episodes or right. sometimes there'd be a thread that went through the season or something like that. But this is more like a continuation of one thing happening episode mm. after episode. It's not an adventure of the week at all, actually. Mm. Um, and it involves, you know, a lot of different characters and uh, most of them newly introduced. Um, they had some, in the beginning, they had some flashbacks to some of the crew, um, from the original show and, you know, uh, the, the next generation. And, and I think they're, are, they're expecting more to come. Mm. But, uh, interestingly enough, Jonathan Frakes, who played, um, William Riker on the fur on the next generation, uh, is supposed to be on the show, but he also directed last week's episode, and so yeah, that's more of a trend. Yeah, and he's he's been directing. Um, he directed some of the old Star Trek: The Next Generation episodes, and I think he directed one one or two of the movies. So he he he's a director now mostly, mm. and uh, but it was interesting that episode that he directed felt more like Star Trek to me than. Some of the ben other Picard. episodes. Well, some of the other episodes, yeah. it, it had a Star Trek-y feel to it. Sure. As opposed to some of the other episodes have been directed by people that didn't do Star Trek. Um, I don't know where they're going. Um, it's, it's a good place to be. Yeah. I, I like being surprised by the shows I, I, I'm watching. I am, I'm going to be surprised because I just I have no idea where they're going with this story. And um, I've been trying to figure it out. I, I'm, I'm one of those kind of people that watches other shows on YouTube that like dissect and analyze. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know? When you're really into something, you want to get yeah. like whatever, you'd like to hear other people's analysis. Right. Only, I, apparently, the real dangerous place to do that is on the uh, website, the forum website, um, Reddit. Oh, sure. There are Reddit, and, uh, and I've tried to go to Reddit. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever tried to I go to Reddit. I it's, have. It's confusing. It's very confusing. Yeah. I don't know how to navigate. I'm, I'm sure, sure that either. once you get into it, yeah. it makes sense. It may, but I've gone in there a few times, and I'm I get really confused real fast. Yeah, you get lost, and uh, so I usually back out of it. But, right, but uh, apparently on Reddit, like there have been shows like the first season of Westworld. I don't know if you watched Westworld. I did not. But the first season of Westworld, it was all the whole show was very cleverly, mysteriously leading up to this. There was this twist in the plot. Okay, and by the second episode, there were these people on Reddit who. We're dissecting the show, and it's it's a it's a conversation community, right? And they they're just like, I think I think this is happening. Yeah. Second episode. That's all the information they needed, and they talked about it. And I'm sure they had a great time, right? But that made its way around the internet, and people who weren't Reddit like like me, right? Just by hook or by crook, you you hear this, and you can't unhear it, right? 
Um, and you know, then it came to be, and it's like, oh, I wish I didn't hear that. Yeah. Cause it would have been more impactful if I didn't know. That's true. And I watch, um, there's, there's uh, two U- YouTube places. I like, well, there's more than two, but there's at least two that I think usually kind of maybe have the same sense of things that I do. Uh, maybe they have a little bit of a cynical side to them, which surprisingly I have every once in a while. Um, but it's it's called uh, Nerd Rotic. Okay. Uh, and and then and then Midnight's Edge. Okay. And there's another one. I I think it's Overlord DVD or something like that. But anyway, they they some of these guys like Nerd Rotic and I think the guy that runs Overlord. They're they're. I just tr- want to be clear that Nerd Rotic is a play on words of neurotic. Right. Exactly. Some people some people might be hearing it differently. Oh, it's Nerd Rotic. It's not. It's not a play on the word erotic. No, no, absolutely not. It's it's a it's a nerd show. It's all about <laughs> nerdy stuff and neuroses. Yeah, and and this guy has he him and this other guy in the Overlord D, uh, YouTube channel. They they have people that they know in the business, like in the entertainment industry, and some of them are at CBS. Some of them are in. Anyway, they get all these these stories and they just kind of throw them out there and they always say this is just a rumor this is just something i've heard mm. but this is what i heard ba 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 and you, you know sometimes you know they're right and you know the rumor turns out to be true and you're like oh wow that was interesting but it you know sometimes it's disappointing too cuz you're like that that if they had done that thing that would have been really cool you know um and then they end up not doing it of course mm. but um Anyway, I like Star Trek Picard. I like the show very, very much. It's, it's, it's a, it's, I'm glad they're doing it. I know it's short term. I know it's not a, you know, a 10 season thing, you know, that's going to happen. But, well, uh, so that's, I like it. That's a trend in what's happening in TV now is that you can, you can attract a lot of high end talent for shorter commitments. Exactly. So people who are in movies, uh, writers who want to do, like, if, you're going to be in this show, but you're only going to be in for one season, and it's going to be eight episodes. Right. And then you're going to be done. It's like doing a movie. It, it's it's very much like doing a movie. Right. And so that's what's happening. The, there's there's three shows that I'm watching right what now. What are you watching? Uh, and the one I'm obsessed with yes. is on HBO. It's called The Outsider. Oh, interesting. I never the, heard of it. The Outsider has a murderer's row of talent. Wow. It's based on a novel, a recent novel by Stephen King. Okay. It's been adapted for the screen by another novelist who has also done a lot of really excellent TV writing for HBO by the name of Richard Price. Okay. Richard Price is a novelist. Uh, there's a couple of people who work here who really like him. Um, but for TV, he worked on the HBO show The Wire, which some people oh, consider oh, the yeah. best show that's, classic, that's ever been yeah. made. Uh, and then recently, I know he worked on a miniseries called The Night Of, a true, a, a crime, not a true crime, but a crime miniseries oh, called okay. The Night Of, sure. which is very good. So he, it's it's interesting to me that another novelist would adapt another novelist's yeah, work. Yeah. It's really good. It stars uh, Jason Bateman, who also oh, directs like a few episodes, yeah. and Ben Mendelsohn, nice. Cynthia Erivo, who nice. just got nominated for Best Actress for Harriet. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And is Gary Oldman in it? Gary Oldman is not in it. It oh, would be – I'd like to see him in it. But uh, there's an actress that I really like who's from around here named Juliana Nicholson. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, from she, Medford, yeah. Yeah, she's in it. Um, she's good. Did you ever see 
the first season of the HBO show True Detective? Yes. Okay. So this is the basic pitch for The Outsider. It's True Detective season one. Okay. But with a supernatural element Interesting. weaved in there. So, okay. Um, I don't have to check this one out. The the basic premise, and, and this is in the trailers. This isn't going to um, spoil anything. But the basic premise is there is this is this is a parts of it can be grim, mm-hmm. parts of it can be scary. Yeah, it's just very compelling. Um, there's a in Georgia. There's a young boy found murdered in the woods. Ben Mendelsohn plays a cop. Oh, good. And they find Jason Bateman's character's DNA everywhere at the scene. Uh oh. And they go and arrest him in front of the whole town. Right. He's a he's he works for the school system. Is he a teacher? He's, I believe he's a teacher, but he's he's primarily like his time in the show, he's spent as he's a a little league coach. He's very involved with the little league. Uh oh. I don't like where this is going. So, anyways, they have all this DNA evidence and they arrest him and they're sure they've got their man. And then videotape shows him in a completely different town. At the time of the at murder. At the time of the murder, he was at a uh, he was at an education forum. Oh, interesting. And he's he's seen asking a question. They're just like, there's no possible way. Right. So it so there's this conflicting evidence. Like, well, there's no way that he wasn't at the scene, but there's no way that he was at the scene. Can I ask a question? Yes. How do they know it's his DNA? Well, I, I mean, how do I assume that they? Well, his DNA would have to be in some sort of, you know. Oh, uh, oh, there's um file somewhere, you know. Some oh, but because they took it from him, he uh, he volunteered it. You know that that piece of information I don't remember so far. We're in it's it's a ten episode season okay. where we just finished episode seven this past Sunday. I see. I think I I think I found a string here. Well, so <laughs> um. But I mean, it's just like all sorts of like does it his see, does his it... his blood is there, his saliva is there, his teeth marks are there. Does it feel like it's coming to a, a conclusion? Well, here's the re- here here's something interesting about that, and this is what I mean. I like the show to begin with. I'm a Stephen King fan, as you know. I, I love know. Stephen King. Um, and I I'll, I want to get back to that. I want to get back to the reason why I love Stephen King because you think I'm a big horror guy, and I'm not. You are. I'm not. Um. So sure. at the end of episode five, there is a moment that on any other TV show, this would be like the, the very the end of episode five. I said to my wife while we were watching, I'm like, is there only one episode left? There was a revelation ah. that usually happens. Like in episode at the, nine. At the, right, yeah. at, the, at episode nine. Right. And so I went and I looked and I'm like, no, there's 10 episodes. There, they're halfway through the logical story, <laughs> and there's still half a story to tell. Like, what could possibly? And then episode six comes, and there's another moment. Like, there has to be only one episode left, but they still got so much more story to tell. Wow. And uh, really exciting. So Cynthia Erivo plays a private detective. Oh. And this is kind of where some of the, su- the, some of the supernatural stuff comes in. Being a Stephen King watcher, her character, she's on the spectrum somewhere okay or so it seems i think that she has a touch of the shining she has a version Ah. of the shining so in the stephen king world right right the shining isn't just something one guy has yes it's not and it's not just contained to one story right and it's not just one thing the shining is like a spectrum and uh 
in in a lot of the books that have nothing to do with people with the shining there are some people who talk about they don't call it the shining but um like a gift like a gift or or like precognition he'll mm-hmm. call it, you know there's a a book called the stand and there's this great paragraph like not paragraph but there's a couple pages of these people sitting around a campfire and one of the older more educated guys telling this story or or telling them about this study that he read that suggests that science has discovered that there is a form of precognition that a certain percentage of humans have at like a low level in the evidence is that and i and i've looked into this this isn't true but it's right. really compelling um they he, i've looked into this I've, i have I've, I, I've i've investigated this thing that stephen king invented to well, see if it was real well no i googled i googled it and it turns like i didn't have to finish my sentence and <laughs> the result i was looking for popped up right i'm that's happened i'm sure that's ha- like, yeah, wow yeah, i thought yeah. i would have to yeah i thought i have to write a long yeah detail like a rabbit hole too yeah and it's like nope popped right up yeah uh and it's is this section of the stand based on fact interesting and this and the, what the guy says is full planes don't crash Full planes don't This is crash. what he suggests. Full planes don't crash. So okay. if full planes don't crash, well, then you go, go look at the, the planes that do crash and why they aren't full. And he suggests that every time a plane crashes, you can find somebody who was supposed to be on that plane that for one reason or another didn't make the plane. Mm. And whether they know it or not, there, there was a, a precognition I see. that affected their behavior and they missed the plane. This is obviously written out really more compelling. So no, I'm uh, interested. So so this uh, in, this investigator, she has, in my opinion, a touch of The Shining. Okay, and she's the only one who's willing. Like again, I, as I told you, there's conflicting evidence, and everybody is just locked in. Everybody involved is just locked in facts. Yeah, and although the facts cannot. The facts cannot reconcile. Mm-hmm. She's the only one who's willing to think outside the box and be like, well, maybe there's something extra going on, something supernatural. And that's where she kind of comes in. That's good. But to get back to one of the reasons why I love Stephen King and why some people are shot, like there's some people who work here who I'm like, you should really watch it. You'd love it. And they're like, it's Stephen King. I don't like scary stuff. He doesn't always do scary. He doesn't always. But also, if you read enough Stephen King, you will find out that what he's really writing about is the human condition. Oh, sure. And he and he cloaks that mm-hmm. in the genre of horror or whatever he's writing right. about. So, I agree with you. For example, one of his more well-known in It, mm-hmm. you think of it as, oh, this is a scary clown movie. I think yeah, we've yeah. talked about this. But when you read the book, you see that the villains in this story are – more often, the adults in the children's lives, mm-hmm. there are things that people do. Right. And, and Stephen King will write about these very small, innocent, and I refer to it as banal evil. Mm. It's the, it's this little, you don't think of it as evil, but it, it kind of builds as a, almost like a, almost like a fog. Right. And he writes about that. It's a human condition. Mm-hmm. And it's always good versus evil. But you get distracted by, oh, there's the monster. Right. When he's really talking about the human condition. So that's no, why I really love Stephen King. I agree with you on Stephen King uh, on that issue. I think in, in, a, in, in, in the real world, 
it's it is banal evil that is around us all the time um and we see it um from time to time in uh in devastating um you know horrible crimes that happen well like for example a, a kind of banal evil that stephen king would write about like let's just say he were to write about one of these terrible school shootings right that we hear one of the thing or that we see mm-hmm. unfortunately one of the things that he would potentially write I know he's never written about this that i know of oh there might be one discontinued i think he stopped publication of a book that he wrote as richard bachman called rage that might end in us but anyways he would talk about you'd see oh in Kerry, mm-hmm. which by the end of it is essentially a school shooting story. Right, right. With supernatural powers. But he talks about the bullying right. that Kerry goes through. Oh, sure. And, you know, in any other story, the girl with the supernatural powers that can destroy everybody's a villain. But he points out, it's like, she wouldn't have been pushed this far. If X didn't happen and Y didn't happen and Z didn't happen, it's not one thing, mm-hmm. but it's a piling up of stuff. Oh, sure. You know, Absolutely. Uh, the, the, way that you, the way that a parent might uh, treat a child, the way mm-hmm. that a child might treat an elderly parent, the way that neighbors treat each other. Right. People treat strangers. Small town government corruption yeah. comes up a lot. Just like these small things that... Well, he's created a whole universe. Yes. Just like Castle Rock, you know, main... Stephen King's Stephen main. King's main universe. And... A lot of these things are kind of in they're in a same in the same world happening at different times. Like people will talk about uh, the events of uh, oh the one with the vampires, Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot. They'll talk about oh remember when that thing happened in Salem's Lot and or or even or even even more vaguely they'll just mention and nobody goes to Salem's Lot anymore. Yeah, why is that? People stay away. People just seem to stay away. Yeah, he uses a term in his book a lot that the ground went bad. And it's, you know, it's a metaphor. It doesn't literally mean that. Yeah. But in some form or fashion, it's kind of like his, his, one of his things that he keeps coming back to is the idea that there are just places that can be poisoned by right. circumstance and almost our human, like, karmic energy. Right. If enough bad things happen in a place, it is staying forever. That's one of the things that he suggests. And, and I experienced I experienced a, a moment like that myself, and maybe ha- having been a reader of him kind of tainted this, but my wife took me. She had a business trip. She went to go shoot a wedding. She's a photographer again in Dallas, Texas, mm-hmm. and she took me with her. We went down a day before, and she took me to Dealey Plaza. Mm-hmm. She knows I like to read about the Kennedy assassination. Right. I think I told you this, but we were driving to Dealey Plaza, and I didn't, I'd didn't. i never been to Dallas before, so I didn't know the geography of the city. And we came up on the back side of the school book depository. Okay. Where the museum is, the sixth floor museum. Right. And it wasn't until we were closer, we were like two blocks away, that I recognized. Yep. Oh, because, you know, again, I've only seen it from one side, but it's a square building. It's mm-hmm. just, But it's like, oh, th- there it is. And this feeling of dread came over me. Like, I wasn't, it's not something that I put upon myself. It was, we're there, and it drenched me mm. in dread. And then the whole time... That we were there, I felt this feeling of dread, and it's and it didn't lift until we left. That's interesting. Yeah, it was uncontrollable. Yeah, and it was like, and I, it was almost a certainty of this is an evil place. Wow. And it was fascinating because some because undeniably something terrible happened there. Oh sure. This isn't like this isn't like 
you know, I, I wonder, I'm, I'm sure that people will have the same type of feeling maybe even more powerfully if they go to the museums that are at Auschwitz. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, uh, places absolutely. where stuff actually happens, yeah, where yeah. we're not going to see a museum exhibit about right. history. We're going to, I'm standing on the spot, you know. Yeah, where bad things happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and it made that, and that, but that got me thinking about what Stephen King writes about in that. Is this place stained? Is the is the essentially the ghost of the event that happened here? Is that is it stamped? Yeah, it's almost like he thinks there's like a psychic energy that happens when bad things happen that kind of affects other people. Yeah, and so far in the Outsider, that's kind of what's going on. It's mm-hmm. really good. I suggest like give it a watch. Yeah, uh, Jason Bateman directs the first two episodes, uh, and I like Jason Bateman as an actor, and I think he yeah. you know he does well with his directing. I I think he's 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 one of those guys that you know from when when I was a kid you know that he was in you know silly TV sitcoms and and then all of a sudden now he's doing like really interesting work as an adult yeah. and in some comedies movie comedies that he's been in and stuff. Um, but when, before I'm sorry before I just wanted to drop this in uh, the other show it's on Netflix that I'm currently watching and I'm about to finish. It's only six episodes. And it's a documentary series. Mm-hmm. It's called Who Killed Malcolm X? Ah. I just wanted to mention it because it's it's interesting that uh, the way TV is now, it's actually given – there was a period where reality TV took over TV. Yeah. But now reality TV has morphed in many ways where a lot of these streaming services will scoop up documentary content because people don't go to the theater for it. Right. But if there's enough buzz or if there's an interest and you get exposed to, oh, I'm interested in that topic, that's the reality TV you can watch. So this this series is about a guy, the guy who stars in it, the, the focal point of it. He's not a documentarian. He's not an investigator. He is not a rich um, enthusiast. He's a, he's a relatively lower middle class guy who's mm-hmm. a... Um, tour guide at Arlington Cemetery in Washington. Okay. And he's become fascinated with the Malcolm X assassination. And he starts kind of like looking for any information he can get and he starts following threads. And these documentarians got wind of it and they just started following him. Okay. And, you know, I had I had read Malcolm X's book. I had seen the movie. And I find them to be a, a really interesting figure. And they, they do talk a lot about Here's the chronology of his life. It's not just about the murder. But this guy is certain that there are, because there were five people involved in his assassination. Only one was arrested. Okay. The other four got away. And he's determined, this guy is determined to find out who they were and and if they're alive, to confront them. Wow. And it's really interesting following. Doesn't that sound dangerous? Oh, absolutely it sounds dangerous because, I mean, I'm watching an episode and it's like, this is, they finally found a name. Mm -hmm. And they, so they find it. Okay, well, where was his last, where was his last address? Where's his, okay. Oh, he changed his name. He entered the, the nation of Islam and he's got a Muslim name now. Well, Uh well, now we lost our, then they found the, the, oh, that's his new name. Okay. And it's like, this guy's alive. And it's like, in, in, in at this point, the the guy we've been following is going to see this violent assassin, and specifically the most violent. So, if you know anything about the Malcolm X assassination, I don't. But okay, so Malcolm X was 
he was part of the nation of Islam. Right. I mean, do I have to know all the details? No, you don't. But he had been excommunicated because he, he didn't expose, but he talked about the head of the nation of Islam, Elijah Muhammad, uh-huh. had fathered several children with young girls I see. outside of wedlock. Okay. And Malcolm X was a real true believer. And he's like, this, this guy is our moral example. And I think he was kind of crushed by I that. see. So he, he was excommunicated and he decided to separate. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm starting my own it, yeah. temple. Sure. And very soon after that, he was going to speak, I don't know if it was second or third time, at this ballroom in Harlem um, for his, I don't know, I, I assume you call them parishioners, even though it's- I have no idea. Uh, I, I don't, his, we'll say parishioners. Sure. And um, as soon as he started speaking- there was somebody who caused a distraction in the audience. And while everybody was distracted, four men came up. One of them shot him in the chest with a sawed-off shotgun. Oh, my gosh. And then the rest of again, this is at a religious ceremony. Yeah. He's up at the, you know, he's speaking in a religious context. Right, right. And then the others had pistols, and they just emptied their pistols in. Oh, my gosh. So people are running and screaming, and they're scared. And then there's some people who are trying to save him, give him mouth-to-mouth, give him... You know, of course it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, so one of the one of the assassins was shot by a security guard. Okay. And tried to make his way outside, and a bunch of the people found him, and they nearly beat him to death in the street outside. And in the chaos, they have footage of it. In the chaos, they point out this this matches the description of one of the four, and they use this chaos. To, for them to make their escape. So one person got caught, so four could escape. Okay. Um, but one of the things I, I'm fascinated, as I just said about the Kennedy assassination, fast about that period, that there seemed to be four unique leaders that were charismatic, mm-hmm. that were taken from the world. Right. Um, however you want to believe it happened, but, you know, John F. Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy... Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And right. I think Malcolm X is considered to be below. But if you kind of listen, like, yes, he was a radical. And yes, at a period of time, he, he preached violence. I don't know that he ever preached violence, but he didn't preach against it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he was okay with violence. That was, was why the, there was a Martin Luther King, you know, th- they were on a different path. But once he broke free of the Nation of Islam, there it's in his book. He went, he, he went on a pilgrimage to Mecca. Mm-hmm. And he was praying with people of all colors, including white people. And he came back and he was just kind of changed. Yeah. And he's, he made up with Malcolm X and I mean, with Martin Luther King and as many people as he could. He went, he went to Selma when Martin Luther King was in prison to try mm-hmm. to, in, in a show of support. But showing this, the one thing that is compelling about Malcolm X was whether right or wrong, he, was, he, had, his, he had a moral compass at some point in his life when he started to become religious. And he never broke from it. No matter, it would have been incredibly easy for him to have just not allowed what he learned about his, right? you know. Leader. His yeah. leader and, or, or anything, you know. And, and he made some bad decisions because of it. But it was all in, you, you, you can look at everything he said and everything he did and it had a consistency mm-hmm. to it. 
And to me, that I, that I just found that very compelling. What's the documentary called? It's called Who Killed Malcolm X? Okay. Well, that's simple enough. Yeah. And so it's uh, on Netflix. Yeah. It's six episodes. That sounds and it's, good. And it's like 40 minutes an episode. Okay. Which is a little bit breezier than an hour. Sure. Um, and I, I just, you know, I, I, I would love to see these people kind of take the same uh, format that they did. And I, I, I've read very little about Martin Luther King's. Maybe they should follow you around while you find out right. killed John F. Kennedy. You know? Oh my God! I mean, I think there's way there's people more. <laughs> I'm sure there are uh, um, qualified than I, <laughs> and I. You're never going to find that. Out. No, I know. Uh, the government has it all quieted down, right? I'll tell you, but I'll, this is a, the 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 people who killed Malcolm X were connected to the Nation of Islam, of course, which is which is the African American American, right? So that's like that's different than being a Muslim. Right, if you're a right. member of the Nation of Islam, that's a it's different. It's yeah. almost like a, a um, it's, it's a, almost like a, a branch of yeah, um, different denominations. It's say. a different denomination. Yeah. A, a, yeah. So uh, I don't have a complicated documentary that I watch like that. Um, well, but, you should watch Who yeah. Killed Malcolm X. So the second show that I would like to bring up before we <laughs> we, we go is. And uh, I, I know it's probably another show you don't watch. Uh, science fiction, and it's uh, is Doctor Who. On, oh no, on no, the Doctor Who is not in my wheelhouse. Yeah, and and this year uh, is turning out to be a little bit interesting as the year goes on. You don't know kind of where they're going. They've been they've been um, alluding to something a, a bad event, and somehow the Doctor's involved, and you know, but. Uh, yeah, it's been an interesting season, and and there's still a lot of controversy over you know. Um, this is the first female female doctor. The first female Doctor yeah. Who, right? And so there's there's a lot of consternation still amongst fans about that and about her not having really kind of figured out who she is as the Doctor yet. And I think it's harder for her to do that because you know. But they constantly change. They constantly change the actor. Well, who's... not constantly, but yes, the actor. Changes. How many actors have there been? There's been a few, but it's not constant. It's not a like every year. Okay. okay. The, the, Fair the, enough. The, the I don't changes. know the show. Right. But, but it's uh, almost in a James Bond fashion. Well, not really. What happens is, um, with with the Doctor is a is an alien from another planet, uh, who happens to look human and go on. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I just I, listened to 10 minutes I of know Malcolm, Malcolm X. X. All right. Okay? You can you're listen right. to five minutes of Doctor no, Who. No, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. So the the doctor, uh, if the doctor gets mortally wounded and dies, he, rege- he she regenerates. Right. And that's how they change the right. actor. Yeah. Um, so it's not like James Bond where you just have a new James Bond every Well, there are so. there is a theory that James Bond 007 is actually a code name and that each – there is this theory that – each, like Sean Connery, can still exist. Sean Connery's 007. James Bond can exist in the same world as Daniel Craig's. He's just not 007 anymore. Well, that's interesting. I had I've not heard that theory. So, like, there's there was a petition I but read. But they're that, all named James Bond. Well, so James Bond would be the code name. I see. If you get if you get 007, you're, you're James, James Bond. Bond. I see. And when you're not 007 anymore, you go back to being you yourself. go back to being whoever you are. Okay. So. There was, uh, I remember reading a, uh, and I'm not a James Bond guy. Doesn't match up with the backstory of James Bond, but that's okay. okay. See, I don't know, yeah. but I found it interesting because there was a spec script written where uh, Daniel Craig, the villain in the movie, would have been P. 
Pierce Brosnan and Timothy Dalton. Oh, that might have been interesting. Right. And it would have been their former James Bonds. Right. And they're coming after the new one. They're coming after the new one for whatever reason. That's interesting. Yeah. I would have actually watched that. You know um, what? As not a Bond guy, that appealed to me. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'd watch that. That's and, kind and of breaking the mold. Bond. I love the James Bond movies. And I'd still watch that. That but sounds interesting. I got a soft track. We're talking about Doctor Who. Yes. So Doctor Who is <laughs> <laughs> it's unreal. Um, that was so easy. <laughs> I know. It was. It really was. Because it was two things that I really enjoyed. I know. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, Playing you like a fiddle fucking shit. I know. And I had to listen to 10 minutes of Malcolm X. I know. Um, I know. It's awful. And I lost my train of thought. But Doctor Who is a good show. It, it, if You don't have necessarily have to be a fan of the show from way back. It does help. Yeah. Um, it, and, and this, they call it New Who, which started in Oh, oh I like that. Yeah, they call it New Who. It reminds me of the chocolatey drink. Yeah. Not you who, but new who, yes. <laughs> and uh, you know the other who is classic who. Um, and and they've it's are all other who's classic who, or is it just well, is there, there the original Doctor Who is there, considered no, classic? No, no, no. There's there's an original series of shows that aired from like sixty three to eighty nine, and that's this cl- is BBC. BBC. That's classic Doctor Who. It was off the air from eighty nine until I think two thousand and five ish. So That's a long break. It's a long break, but they brought it back, and, it, and they called it they called it Doctor Who. It's still Doctor Who. It's still owned by the BBC. It still airs on the BBC, but the fans have started calling it New Who. Okay, yeah. So anyway, so the Doctor, unfortunately, the actors either get tired of it, or they maybe the director, the producers want to go in a different direction, and the, the actor will uh, the character will die, regenerate, and it's all of a sudden it's this new actor or actress now playing the doctor the doctor technically can be a woman that's no nothing against the doctor being a woman because they can regenerate into whatever they regenerate into then they don't have any control over mm-hmm. so um what i think happens though is in the story it 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 it's harder for the female doctor in my opinion to enter into say historical events like they went back and t- they went back because at time. a certain point you go back and women were treated differently and Ex- she wouldn't have the same access exactly exactly yeah and and that's happening that yeah. happens in some of the episodes like even the one that was aired the, uh, Sunday night they went back in time and it was eighteen sixteen and they went to see um, Lord Byron and Mary Shelley and Percy Sherry and they were in, they're doing their thing doing their thing and so they end up uh, calling. Like some of the mid, these 18th century characters started calling her Mrs. Doctor, like Mrs. Doctor, as if they had some sort of inside information that such a thing existed. No, well, no, just so like she introduces herself, I'm the Doctor, and they oh, take it, it as like, that, okay. oh, that's her name, right? That's her last name, Mrs. Doctor. So, oh, well, no, I that's kind of clever in how they. In well, how she they, doesn't like it. Oh well, you know, and she's no, it's just that so she's correcting them the whole time. But see, that's the problem. You know, obviously the character she should be, be cunning enough to just be like, okay, okay, I'm just gonna go with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that the people writing and and directing this show this these last two years necessarily have a good handle on the character and on the on the myth mythos in the show. And it's it's I'm not a big fan. And and the BBC has decided that um, they're gonna their shows are gonna be all about being quote unquote woke, 
So it's all woke stuff. Well, the doctor goes back in history to when slavery happened, say. Yes. What, what is she going to do? Well, I think that speaks to an issue we're having in, in viewing culture these days. And, and here's the thing. This is just my thoughts on it. You cannot apply current thinking right. to art, even if it's current art, depicting another time. Because that isn't, what, that isn't what it's trying to be. It, it's, it's like... Jojo Rabbit that we talked about, mm-hmm. right? Oh, well, you know, this is this is anti-Semitic. Well, they're trying, like... It's not, though. It's not anti-Semitic. No, it isn't. Yeah. But because... Because the, the characters... if Just because you depict... Just because you depict a story during World War II that features Nazis from inside Germany... Right. Does that mean that you, the artist, or the story that you're telling is anti-Semitic? Right. The subject that you're talking about is anti-Semitism. Yeah, anti-Semitism. Yeah. Um, I, you know, you can't, you can't show a movie about slavery and be like, well, why aren't these people like, or, or, or you couldn't, you couldn't do an adaptation of, of Huck Finn, right? And be like, well, why, why isn't Jim voting? Right. Well, right. he didn't. Like exactly. that. Like you can't, you can't apply current thinking. To art about the past, I couldn't and agree I, more. And I think that if I think that if people kind of got past that, because I I do think there is this inclination. Well, look how terrible this was. Well, the point is, I think the point is, we're constantly we know hopefully it was terrible. hopefully we're constantly progressing in the right. positive. Right, right. And you can't you can't appreciate where you are until you can understand re- understand where you came from exactly. I agree 100%. And, and that's why, like, com- complaints about movies like uh, 1917, there were people that were complaining, well, where are all the uh, black actors and where are all the, the women soldiers? And, like, they weren't women soldiers. Yeah. There weren't a lot of black well, it's cause, because soldiers. Because it was not American soldiers but British soldiers. Right. A- exactly. And they did have some black soldiers there in the movie, which, interestingly enough, people did, just seemed to ignore. Um, and it happened in uh, other movies like Dunkirk and stuff like that. Like, where are the where are the minorities? Why are they all men? Where where's the women? What are the women doing? You know, why are the women servants? Why are they, uh, it's, that it's, isn't it's, this story exactly, exactly. And yet Hollywood and all these other people start, you know, uh, the the woke culture people start complaining about it, and it hurts the movie and it hurts art because people are going to be afraid to tell stories. With the fear of being uh, with that, with that, what they call cancel culture, and so it, it's 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 a it, making art with when you're in a fear mode doesn't make good art. No, I think I just you know, and and there's not to say that there's topics that people, if people uh, support in their art shouldn't be condemned for like there certainly right. are however but that's hardly again, ever made right right and, and certainly it never gets to public consumption no i just think people need to when they go into you know when you're going into a piece i i like it when a when a movie or a tv show makes me think right exactly but I, it's always it's always remembering if something bothers me I actually feel enriched by the like. Oh, yes. that's how it was exactly. And you can maybe even 
do further research to say, okay, why did this happen? Or what were the, what were the people thinking at this when time? When did it change? When why did, did it, change? it change? Why did it change? Who were the people involved in why it changed? Yeah. That obviously, those are good things that provoke um, intellectual curiosity. Yes. And, I, and that's what I look for when, I, when, I, when I'm watching something, when I'm reading something, and even when I'm listening to something. Um, you know, I've been listening to a lot of Rush lately because the Rush, uh, the Canadian power trio band, uh, <laughs> the prog rock band. Yeah, and I thought you were going to say Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> no, 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 not Rush Limbaugh. I don't listen to Rush Limbaugh. I was going to be like, oh, we've taken. I can't. We've taken quite the turn. <laughs> I can't. I no, I can't listen to that. But um, I listen to the band Rush. Yes, and um, because I was, I am a fan. I. Poor Rush, that they can be confused with Rush, with I Rush know, Limbaugh right? now. Well, that some people do, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Neil Peart, the the great he drummer, recently passed away. Recently passed away, and so it kind of got me saying, "Oh, I want to I want to listen to this again." He wasn't just the drummer; he was the the lyricist for the band. Was he? Yes. And so, and I've read a book that he wrote uh, called Ghost Rider. It was a sort of a, a a story about him recovering from great loss. He lost. His daughter, a 19-year-old daughter in a car crash, and, and some months later lost his wife to cancer. What's the book called? Ghost Rider. Okay. It's a very good book. It's a, it's a memoir. Write that down. You of, keep talking. Of what he went through and how he got through this terrible time in his life. Um, so anyway, I read the book. I just finished it. And, um, you know, he died, which was kind of impacted me. And I, I so I started listening. I've been listening over and over to the different albums that they've that they've done, and you can see the growth in their lyrics. The lyrics you can see the growth in their musicianship, and you can see how they were impacted by the um, sort of the styles of the different decades that they were in. Uh, in the eighties, there's a lot more synthesizers and everything else because that was kind of the thing in the eighties, right? right? And so, and then then they slowly get away from that, but they took a break. When all these bad things happened to Neil Peart, they took like a five-year break because – and they weren't even sure that they were going to come back together uh, because he was dealing with all this. Mm-hmm. And um, But he eventually remarried, found love again, remarried, and had a, a, a he had a 10-year-old daughter at the time of his death. So he found a way through it, but he found a way through it by going on the road, driving his motorcycle across Canada, across the United States, into Mexico, all this. He went like 60,000 miles on a motorcycle. Alone. Not yeah, alone. Alone. And he would write letters to his friend, a friend of his who had been incarcerated. And so uh, you know, unfortunately. Like a real like this is almost like a real long term meditation. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's about how this one guy who happened to be famous and rich got through this this grief, this extreme grief in his mm. life. Not a person of faith. Not okay. a person who believes in God. Mm. And uh, which I think made his journey harder, you know, after reading the whole well, book. And but he finds he finds himself again through this journey and through you know solo riding and and meeting interesting and weird people along the way and you know encountering uh, difficulties maybe with the motorcycle or trying to find parts or doing this and that. It's it's an incredible book and it's it's an incredible story. This is a tangent, but I, w- I do want to ask you. Um, yeah. Maybe we should do this more often. We could uh, do from time to time talk about a book. Yeah, we'll add this absolutely. In. I I like to have a book going. Yeah, well, this uh, is I a haven't great had book. it since I've had my son. 
Yeah. I haven't had time to have a book. <laughs> but I usually like to have a book going. Yeah, well, children in can my car get or, that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think there's an audio wanted, version of it too, so if you want to listen to it on your on your on commute. commute. But what I wanted to ask was about this. So you're saying he's not a man of faith, but do you think that in some form or fashion, you having read the book, with this process that he went through, do you think that in some way, whether he acknowledged it or not, that God did come into his life? I mean, we know we understand that. We understand that, you know, that's I, I, always the case. Right. But Okay, do you think that there are people who are just, they're, they're not wired for, you know, a deity understanding, mm. and but there are ways that they can reach kind of an, un, reach reach an understanding, you know what I'm talking, like yeah. this, this unorthodox. Well, he wrote, a, he wrote a song, and I was just listening to it on the way in here today, and- Tom Sawyer? No, not Tom Sawyer. <laughs> That's a great song, though. Um, it's called, uh, actually, it's called Faithless. And he says he doesn't, he has no faith in faith, and he doesn't have any belief in belief. But he believes in love, and he believes that love can change people. And so it's, it's. I think he's, without he's, even knowing he's it. He's swirling around. Exactly. The... He's swirling around it without even kind of realizing yeah. it. Because... As we know, as Catholics, God is love. So if you believe in love, you believe in God. Yeah. You're just, um, using you a just don't word. know it. You're just calling it something different. Anyway, um, it's an excellent book. It's called Ghost Rider by Neil Peart. Um, he's got a series of other books, too, that he wrote. And he wrote a fictional uh, science fiction um, thing with Kevin J. Anderson, who's a big science fiction writer. Um, and a lot of the Rush, early Rush stuff was based in science fiction uh, stories. Uh, Tolkien, mm-hmm. uh, Ayn Rand mm-hmm. uh, was uh, was big in in his mind in his twenties. Anyway, I think music and and lyrics and and books and movies and television, the things that we like, the things that you and I like mm-hmm. that we listen to and read and whatnot. Um, I think those things have effects on us, and they should uh, hopefully, uh, if it's a good book, if it's a good movie, if it's a good TV series. It will it will spark our intellectual curiosity. It will make us go deeper, and it will spark an interest in something that maybe we didn't know we even had. You might find, and that might, we might find interesting, and and it might enhance our own lives. Sure, and then you can, and then yeah. There's been so many times where a piece of art has has inspired me to to learn more about right. something. Exactly. It, it might not even be about the actual. It could be. Tangential. It could be a tangential thing, yeah. right? Absolutely. I mean, I even I can remember when I was in the seminary, uh, there was a Caravaggio painting that came on tour um, to uh, Boston College, their art museum, and it was a big deal. Uh, this it, Caravaggio is a is a it's a famous painting that he did on the on the calling of uh, Saint Matthew. Anyway, he. It had never, I had never been to Boston, I think, or something like that. Anyways, a big deal in the art world, and our professors were like, "Oh, you got to go see this. It's really interesting. It's really important." So we did. A bunch of us went over, and I, I remember, I stared at that painting <laughs> for probably an hour, and it was like a, it was like an hour long retreat. Sure. You know, just just taking in all the detail and taking in the image of Jesus. And the image of Saint Matthew, and the and the and and you know the reaching out and the and the the the, the contrast and the and the colors and everything else, it was really important. 
And I, I, I think art in its many forms can do that for us. It's, 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 it's part of who we are. It's like it feeds the soul. Sure. It I, feeds uh, the soul. And that's important. When, uh, when my wife was pregnant with our son, and she turned 30. And yeah. I took her to New York City for her birthday with some friends of ours. That's we were nice going trip. to see. We went and saw a Broadway show. We saw The Lion King. Okay. And then the next day, we were staying not too far from Central Park. So we decided to go through a walk through the park, and we went to the Met. Yeah. And this wasn't a plan. We were just walking. Right. And um, I, my, my friend, my best friend, he's really into he, – he's, he's, a, he's a science guy. Mm-hmm. He – that's what. That's what. Everything's a fact. Yeah, he he fact or not fact. Like I <laughs> like he likes. He comes to movies with me. We yeah. watch shows together. But when I've tried to give him a, a fiction book, he's mm-hmm. like, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he wants. He, if I gave him uh, nonfiction, he'd read it. Right. So I give him Ghost I Rider. I didn't know what the Met. Uh, he might like Rush. I'm not sure. Um, but when we went to the Met. He was drawn to like the Egyptian. Okay. They had the Egyptian mm-hmm. stuff. I wanted to see the paintings. Right. I'm not like a hoity-toity art guy. I'm not either. So we, so couples break off. Me and my wife go and we find the painting section of the men. Mm-hmm. And they meet up with us later. And I'm just kind of like walking around, just perusing the paintings. Mm-hmm. And there were four or five that I was just drawn to from afar. Mm-hmm. Like I saw it and I'm just like, I, oh, I, could, interesting. I yeah. couldn't describe to you why. But it turns out. Because I went back and I showed – because, you know, my wife was – she was on her mm-hmm. own. I was like, right. I'm going to go see what I see. Right. You go see what you see and we'll right. meet up in 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So an hour later, <laughs> we meet back up and um, I'm like, show me what you liked. And she shows me what she liked and I, and I show her what I liked. She's like, well, three of the four of these are all the same painter. I'm oh, like, are yeah. they? I, you know, because I, I didn't look at like the little tag. Yeah, yeah. It was all Edward Hopper. Okay, sure. A famous band. Yeah. And, and I, to this day, I could not tell you what it, like they had, I had seen Nighthawks at the diner before. Okay. I don't think that's at the Met. Okay. So these were other Edward Hopper paintings. Right. But there's, again, there's something about what he painted, or mm-hmm. the way he painted, the way right. he depicted, that that just it drew you in. tickled my brain yeah. in the right way to just, yep. and, and, but very engrossing. And then there was another one. By a super famous older artist. Oh my God, I want to be able to name the artist. <laughs> I really do. Is but it I can't. Monet? Is it no, Manet? no, no, no. Um, more recent than that. Uh, Picasso. It was. It, oh, it wasn't Degoya. Pollock. No. But so what it was is it was like a. Like a cubist painting, it was. Oh, okay. It, was, it could have been. It could have been Picasso. He. Didn't no, no, no. It wasn't oh, like okay. Picasso style. But it was. It was. It was. Oh, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna have to. Come I'm gonna back have to research time, this, yeah. and then I'm just gonna say the name. Right. I'm just gonna pop it in. Right? No, that sounds good. But it was. It was actually a huge painting. Mm-hmm. A huge painting of and and very glossy, which okay. wasn't the case in most of these paintings. But it was Jesus on the cross. Okay, and it was like again cubist, like mm-hmm. so there was depth to the cross, and then there was like the floor, and then the cross was floating. The floor underneath was like black and white marble checkerboard. Oh, wow. And it went in the way he painted it. He he painted distance. It went into the distance. Mm-hmm. And there were like mountains in the back. I am not doing this painting justice with my words. That but if you clear. saw it, I, I stood there and I looked at it. And again, I couldn't tell you why. Because I wasn't going. And it, this was the only religious painting yeah. 
in in the room that I was in. Sure. And I was just struck by it. And it was like, I really wanted to, and, and, and it, I didn't realize till later that what struck me about it was how visually this artist, what this, what this artist captured was the loneliness. Mm-hmm. Of the Jesus on the cross. Yes. Yeah. And it Absolutely. was like, how, like without it, that's, and, and this is to speak to your point, without words, this artist was able to communicate mm-hmm. a deeply personal thing. Right. But I digress. Before we wrap this up. Yes. I'd like to mention, I have some shows written. Okay. Um, so our listeners, a lot of these shows are available for on-demand viewing. Some of them are airing now. Uh, I just think sometimes when you, when you, hopefully if you're listening to us, then you kind of, maybe you've seen something that we've recommended. You trust our taste. And, uh, you know, Which could be dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes people have, you know, I, I, I don't recommend spending all of your time in front of the TV. No, I don't either. Read. But when read. read or, you listen know, to get music. out, listen to music, go for a walk. Yeah. Go to a museum. Go to a museum. Um, but if you're going to watch something, m- make it good. Yeah, exactly. So here's a couple um, recommendations I have for if you've, if, if, if you've got your TV time. There's a bunch of different lengths and genres and, and, and providers. Um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, the man. new episode, the new season of Curb started this past January might be the best season so far. Can I, can I just give a caveat on that? Oh, some of these are not going to be for everybody. I, should I, say I, I would say if you are easily offended by words, by images that are maybe... By you behavior. Know, behavior that can be offensive, Curb Your Enthusiasm is not for you. It ha- it might be one of the funniest shows ever yeah. made, but it is literally not for people that are easily offended. Right. So if you're easily so offended, so you've watched Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. Have you please ever watched don't an epi- watch it. Have you ever watched an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm and thought to yourself, oh, "No, I agree with Larry. Larry is right in this instance." Yes, I have. Every time that happens to me, I feel bad about myself. <laughs> You never want to be on Larry's side. Well, sometimes but sometimes he's he right. makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes he's right. So another show recently aired on HBO. So that's on HBO. Okay. Another show that recently aired on HBO was The Watchmen. Oh yeah, I didn't watch that. It's good, and it's not a retelling of, of the, the movie or the movie or the or the or graphic the novel. Oh, okay. It's Damon Lindelof, the writer of it, created went a whole, in a different direction. He created a whole new story okay. thirty years in the future. So it's set in the same world universe. Yeah. Another Damon Lindelof show from HBO, The Leftovers. I cannot recommend The Leftovers highly enough. Okay. Great show. Uh, watch The Wire. Oh, yeah. The Wire Definitely is, the wire. I mean, the, the Wire on HBO, uh, there are college courses taught about it. There are I have read books art- written about it. Yes. I have read an article that called it, and I believe this to be true, the closest television has ever come to being literature. There you go. It's like a Russian novel. It's yeah. that big in scope and theme. Um, on Amazon, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I've never gotten into that. But you've seen episodes? I've seen, no, I, I've seen the so commercials. And it's, it's about, I think it takes place in the 50s in yeah, Manhattan. It's a female it's a, comedian. Yes, she she becomes, she kind of, she's a housewife to a, yeah. to like an ad executive who just kind of falls into being a stand-up comedian. Right. And she's really good. And it's hard in TV and movies for stand-up to come across yeah. the way it's supposed to. But they nail it in this show. There's a new show. I haven't seen this, so I'm not recommending it, but I'm interested in it mm-hmm. on Amazon. 
called Hunters. Have you seen the answer no, to this? No, I haven't. It's Al Pacino. Oh. Nazi Hunter. Okay. Oh, yes. I did see a commercial yeah. for that. It yes. looks good. It does look good. There's a Netflix show by the director David Fincher called Mind Hunter. I've seen something about mm. it. I haven't heard, watched it. Mind Hunter has to do with like Fincher, people. Though. Yeah, David Fincher's brilliant. But it has to do with a very small, devoted group of people in the FBI who started the um, the psychological the behavioral, speci- the behavioral sciences yeah. behavioral science unit yep. and they started with profiling serial killers serial that's killers, how right. it started right so they're kind of like it's, it's it's like the show criminal minds on cbs okay yeah i haven't seen that yeah but mindhunter is very good we talked about the movie version of this last week but fx has a show called what we do in the shadows i watched the movie Le- yeah you watched it the movie good. is funny I mean, it, it's it's there is some violence in it, um, but it's so, cartoonish. Yeah, but if you're physically repulsed by people throwing up or blood, <laughs> y- you might not want to watch it. Um, but it's funny. But it is one of the funniest faux documentary sh- movies that I've ever watched. Didn't it's you get really funny? Didn't you get office I, vibes from it? I did, and I watched this because you recommended it, yeah. and you were uh, rewarded. I, I was, and I and I really liked. I like. And I'm going to mispronounce his name. Taika Watiti. Taika Watiti. I really like him, and yeah. I like the way he writes, and I like the way he he thinks about the world. He kind of puts a a different spin on things to make you think about something, like like with Jojo Rabbit, having the ten year old little boy be the Nazi. But he's so playful. His humor is so it playful. It is playful. But I just I just think he's making you think. Yeah. And I think that's good. Yeah, um, it's a funny movie. The last one that not I have for the ri- faint of heart. The last one I have written down, and this one is also not for the faint of heart. It's also a comedy. It's also on HBO. It's called Barry. Oh yes, starring uh, Bill uh, Hader. Bill Hader. Yeah, I've watched that. And, that's uh, funny. The premise. The it's premise really makes funny. it sound like the, it. It it spends a lot more time being serious than it does funny. Yes, but it's uh, Bill Hader and Henry Winkler are the the fawns. Right, are the uh, the main stars of it. And it's about uh, it's about a hitman who goes to Los Angeles for an assignment, and kind of falls in love with. He goes to an acting class, right? And he kind of falls in love with acting, so he's trying to make that his life. So it's it's just a really good show. But here's just I I took a look at 2020, what's yep. coming up, and I just put a couple things on the list. There's an HBO show called The Plot Against America. This is interesting. There's like a new genre of show called alternative hit history shows. Yeah. There's an Amazon show called The Man in the High Castle. And it it's like the premise of it is what if the Nazis won World War II? Yeah. Like it's a show about current day if the Nazis had won World War II. Isn't that Man in the High Castle? That's man, I said that. Uh, I'm sorry. That's I, fine. I was, I, That's, you were looking at your phone. It's fine. Well, uh, no, there was, I was looking something <laughs> up because you sparked something in yes. my head. So I'm sorry. So the plot against America is an alternative American history gotcha. where Charles Lindbergh was uh, elected, elected president, president at some point. Okay. Um, it's written by David Simon, who wrote The Wire. Yep. Stars Winona Ryder and, and many others. And I'm just interested in it. I don't, I haven't seen a trailer. Yep. Just this is sometimes, you, you know, the hook for getting you interested in something is who's involved in it. Right. And if you trust these artists in this yeah, premise, absolutely. that's, uh, you know, I'll absolutely. watch it. And the, if it's not good, I'll stop. Exactly. And if it's good, I'll talk about it. I agree with you 100%. Another show uh, coming out on FX soon, it's called Devs, D-E-V-S. Okay. It's uh, made by Alex Garland, the director of the movie Ex Machina. Oh, okay. 
It stars Nick Offerman. Oh, I like him. You like Nick Offerman. It's about a shadowy Silicon Valley mogul. Ooh, interesting. And I, that I think Nick Offerman, Offerman plays. plays. Ooh, I, ooh, I want to see this yeah. now. It's on FX. And then um, not a lot of people have this. We've got the free trial going on, the Apple TV+. Plus. Oh, yeah. There's a show coming out. I don't think they've set a date for it, but it's called Dickinson. Starring Haley Steinfeld. Oh, that's out already. Is it out already? Yeah, I have Apple TV Plus. Yeah, you've out. watched it. I I watched one episode. I couldn't. You, you well, so I like. I couldn't H- keep going. I like the actress Haley Steinfeld. I do. Too. I've only seen her in True Grit from a few years ago. Yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. She is, uh, but I think she's got the potential to be a very. She like, could be a very good star, actually. Yeah. Can I bring one up? Yes, please. The Kaminsky Method on oh on Netflix. Uh, Netflix. That's um, Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin. Yeah. And Michael Douglas is an acting teacher. When you t- brought up Barry, it, it sparked that in my head because they're both involved with acting schools. Um, and the ridiculousness of it. I mean, exactly. I haven't seen the Kaminsky it's method, the, but yeah, in exactly. Barry, it's just like, if I had the acting bug in me, right. I would feel so silly in exactly. an acting class. I know. The things that, the things, that, I mean. In, it's crazy. I, and I'm sure that there's a ton of practice and theory. I'm sure there is. But it just looks so silly. It does. And we know that actors can be silly. Yeah. You know, there's actors that stay in character throughout the, you know, the whole filming of the movie. D-Day. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. In Lincoln. Yeah. He's Lincoln. And he's- Mr. In, President. And he's in, and he's writing letters to the other stars of the movie as Lincoln. He's insane. <laughs> I'm just sorry. I love him. He's a crazy person, but he's a great actor. Yeah. And then maybe being crazy has something to do with it. Yeah. Um, any more? No, I'm I'm good. Okay. I've I've exhausted my. Uh... Well, this show this show has been interesting for me. Yeah. I, I and I like it, and I've probably been a little longer than we thought. Um, but I, I I mean I went way too I went on way too long about Malcolm X. That was clearly. a long tangent on Malcolm X. It wasn't I'm a tangent. Gonna, that was like I'm a, not going to lie to you. That was a that, feature. It was a long. Well, it ended up from went from being a tangent to being something else. <laughs> anyway. So uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Never a Dull Movie. Uh, We will, from time to time, branch out into other parts of pop culture. We're not going to just talk about movies all the time. Uh, And, 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 you know, and sometimes we're going to bring up, uh, you know, our faith because that's important to us. And and we can see stuff in movies and TV and music and art that really can inspire us to maybe even go deeper in our faith. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. We will see you next time. I'm Father Chip Hines and... I'm Brian Swift. We'll see you next time on Never a Dull Movie. Thank you for listening to Never a Dull Movie. Never a Dull Movie has been a production of the Grexley Podcast Network. To learn more about this podcast and the other great podcasts on the Grexley Podcast Network, please check out grexley.com. That's G-R-E-X-L-Y.com. And if you're interested in supporting this podcast, please check out the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Grexley. When you join our Patreon page, you will receive early and exclusive access to unique content. Thanks for listening to Never a Dull Movie, and we will see you next week.